You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your host here, Colt Molesky, bringing you daily Wolves content Monday through Friday. One of the unique shows that does that here in Minnesota. I've been covering basketball for uh, quite some time in the in the written form, and now I'm bringing it to you in podcast form. Also, you can check out uh, written content on the LockedOnWolves.com fan rake site, and make sure to check out prior podcasts there as well. Today, I will have I will have an, a segment from a show I did on uh, on the scoop. I'll be I'll be going into that a little bit later, but I have a segment from that on the podcast. I want to go into uh, the uh, the game against against the Philadelphia 76ers as well and in the results of that kind of looking at that what that means uh, but first of all there's only a few games left of this NBA season there's only a few games left before we get into the playoffs just a reminder everybody make sure to ch- make sure to watch the games the this stretch of games should be pretty fun for Timberwolves fans just because I think the the Timberwolves will actually be winning most of these here make sure to watch some of those games make sure to keep tuning into the show because we don't have very long before this turns into playoffs and then uh, the draft and pretty soon uh we're going to be done with the NBA season make sure to Keep digesting all that NBA content while it lasts because uh, it is fleeting, and I have had such a, a great time bringing content to you guys all year long. And uh, I wanted to thank you for your continued support and tuning in. Uh, and I am I'm ready to run into the rest of the the regular season with you guys. And uh, I've had a blast doing it so far, and it's going to be a fun end of the year. All right, d- enough of that sappy stuff. Now let's get to the uh, let's get to the NBA talk. The the Seventy Sixers. We're up against the Timberwolves. The Wolves were actually on the road in Philadelphia on Saturday to to play the 76ers, and they lost 120-108. Philly took the W, putting the Timberwolves at a solid 42-32 and on the season. This was, I noted it going into kind of the final 10 games of the, of the regular season. This was going to be one of the toughest games left on the schedule for the the Timberwolves, just because this is well, mostly because this is one of the few playoff teams that the the Timberwolves are up against to finish out the schedule. But also because without Jimmy Butler uh, on the road after playing the Knicks, uh, the Timberwolves are it's, it's going to be a tough road game, anyways. And they come out, they just look a little flat. I wouldn't take much away from this game. Uh, and I know as somebody who's supposed to talk about basketball, uh, that, that seems kind of counterproductive, not taking much away from uh, what the sport I'm covering. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into it. It's probably the better way to say this. I know they had uh, some ugly quarters. The third quarter where they outscored 39-19 uh, was one of the ones that sticks out. Only five lead changes. This was kind of Philly's ball game most of the way through. Uh, the Timberwolves, of course, made that push in the fourth corner with 37 points, but it was a little late at that point in the game to really try and take over. The, the shots just weren't falling for the Timberwolves. Shot 38.1% from the field. Uh, Towns ended with a 15 and 11 uh, for points and rebounds. You had 16 for we- Wiggins. I almost said Wiggins. <laughs> that shows you how tired I am this morning, folks, on a Monday morning. Only 
16 points from Wiggins, three from Teague, and four assists. Uh, so very quiet night for him. Gorgie had 15 and 11 as well. Uh, Tyus with 11. Marcus George's hunt, my boy, my boy. MGH with 11 points, two rebounds, and two steals. Big night for him. You know what? If you're a fan of Marcus, like I am, like I have been, good for him. Good to see him uh, getting buckets out there. That's probably that's my silver lining. I don't know about you guys. That's my silver lining for this game is 11 points for Marcus George's hunt. I uh, love to see him get action. Uh, Aaron Brooks with eight points as well. Uh, really, really, it was the night for the bench. In a game that the Timberwolves just weren't knocking down shots. 26% from three-point range. They went 6 for 23 from downtown. And it's not even that the 76ers had a crazy good performance. I think that if Butler's in this game, well, they, honestly, they'll probably win. But uh, if Butler's in this game, I think if the 76ers are going to win, you have to see a game uh, like a big game from Joel Embiid or somebody like uh, Covington knocking down a bunch of shots. Maybe Simmons has a really big performance. He had a triple-double, but it was a 15, 13, and 12. So he, it was kind of one of those quiet triple-doubles, not wanting to take away anything from him. I believe it was his 10th on the season, which is crazy for a, technically a rookie. Uh, but it w- there wasn't uh, that 30... 30 point performance from anybody on the 76ers. They were just, they shot 50 or 47%, excuse me. Uh, they got to the line and had 36 free throw attempts, uh, which helped them a lot. Uh, and they just knocked down a majority of their shots. Uh, it went 13 and 37 from three point range, knocked down 35% or 36%, excuse me, of those shots. So they were just hitting shots, and it was just kind of a cold night for the Timberwolves. They looked good against the Clippers. They knocked down a bunch of shots against the, the Knicks, especially late in that game. Uh, that one was a little tighter than anticipated, but knocked down shots late in that one. Came out a little fl- flat against the 76ers. Again, I, I just think that uh, they've, uh, they were on the road. Uh, they were just in New York, and. I think a team without their superstar, they're playing exceptionally well. And without Jimmy Butler, you just got to expect that some nights uh, they're going to come out a little flat. Even with Jimmy Butler, there was a couple nights where they came out flat. And uh, we should be thankful. I think the takeaway here is that we should be thankful that this doesn't happen more often without Butler and that Towns has done a really good job of stepping up and filling in and, and taking over. And this is one of those games where he, he looked his age. He looked his age in this game, which doesn't happen often. And I think that speaks more to how well Towns has played than how how quiet he was in this performance. And again, even in a quiet performance, he still put up a double-double. And... Uh, and so I would not read into this one at all. I think that they will go on and they will have a, a good homestand here against the Grizzlies and the Hawks. And and I really like their their chances of uh, having a nice little run here and putting together uh, some 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 wins. Uh, they have the Jazz at home as well, which is probably their toughest game remaining on the schedule, I would say. But I I again. Just didn't knock down shots. It looked like a little bit of a funk for them. And the 76ers just uh, just played uh, a very solid performance. Uh, almost all their start, four of their five stars had double-digit points. Uh, they had some nice contributions off the bench for them. Uh, and just uh, a solid shooting night for them, not continually knocking down shots. So, yeah, it happens. It happens. It happens for the young team that the Timberwolves are. Don't want to read too much into it, and uh, and don't need to to rest on it too long. I don't feel like so that that was their 
their night. Uh, and uh, again, Grizzlies and Hawks are coming up, and those will be, I think, two pretty big wins for the Timberwolves. They'll be at home. Uh, home crowd will be rolling. So I like those for the Timberwolves. We're going to get to a break before I, I introduce the next segment and, and let you know what's going on there. So uh, I was on The Scoop. Uh, it's a show, a sports show on KLGR, uh, the radio station. It's hosted by Seth Tobel. The Scoop, I was I was a guest on the show and had a great time, had a great uh, time joining the show. Seth is a, a fantastic host. Uh, felt very welcomed on the show. I was really happy to be on. Really thankful that they uh, asked me to to join the show. And we talked about Timberwolves and the NBA for a while. And I thought it was a good segment, so I wanted you guys to listen in on it and enjoy it because I had fun uh, joining the show. So here you go. Back here on The Scoop, and we are going to talk a little Timberwolves basketball. We are joined today by the host of the Locked on Wolves podcast, Colton Molesky. Colton, thanks so much for joining The Scoop here today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Seth. Absolutely. Uh, Let's just take a look at at where the Wolves are at at this point. Uh, The Timberwolves coming off of a big win against the Los Angeles Clippers, 123-109. to Uh, And Colton, that was coming off of uh, a couple of losses to both the Spurs and the Houston Rockets. Uh, How big of a rebound was that uh, for the Timberwolves just to get back into the win column? Well, it was huge for a couple of reasons. First of all, like you mentioned, those two losses, nice to get a rebounding win uh, in a big way, too, over the Clippers, uh, a team with a surprisingly good offense despite the turnover they've had both in the summer and uh, after they traded away Blake Griffin to Detroit. But it was also big because it gives them the tiebreaker over the Clippers. So now if they're headed into the final couple games of the season, for some reason they have the same record as the Clippers, they're going to get that bump into the playoffs even when they're contending or tied if that situation arises at the end. So it was a big win for a couple reasons, and it was good to see the Timberwolves kind of get back on the horse. We've seen uh, some very good and uh, very strong performances from Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Jeff Teague. It seems like guys have really been stepping up since Jimmy Butler um, was injured. And strangely, I saw this on Twitter, and uh, it, it got me to thinking, uh, it seems like this Wolves offense without Jimmy Butler has been playing at a higher tempo, um, w- which seems weird that you lose uh, arguably your best player, and the offense seems like they're able to, to get into more of a flow. I would say that the the Timberwolves always had the offense to lean on. If you look at their, their ranking, they average uh, over the season 110 points per game. That is sixth in the NBA. They have the sixth highest scoring offense in the NBA. So when they're top defensive player not just uh not just offensive but i think really he's kind of the guy who holds it all together on defense for them and yes he does do a bunch of things offensively but defensively is where you really see his presence and the biggest impact for jimmy butler on the court so when that leaves naturally they're going to go back to the offense and they're going to lean on it more heavily and i think that's what you're seeing here over the last couple of weeks is the tim rules have just made offense the emphasis because they know they can't grow leaps and bounds on defense every single game and so they're going to need to rely on their offense more heavily and so that you see them feed towns more you see them take more efficient shots 
down low and get Taj Gibson going early in games, and they're just relying on that offense that has been very sustainable the entire season. We've seen from Andrew Wiggins especially, uh, he did a really good job defensively uh, in the game uh, against the Clippers, and, and it seems like he's starting to really take that to heart, that um, he needs to bring more of a consistent effort on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and, and it really seems like he is starting to to find himself. Uh, the question is, is he going to be able to do that once Butler returns to the lineup? I think so. I, I think that for these young guys, you see with, for both Towns and Wiggins, you see both these young guys, they're, they've been growing. They've had some growing pains. The whole team's had some growing pains over the course of the season. And now, granted, I'm not going to argue with anybody. Towns has definitely looked more impressive uh, back in December. He's looked more impressive over the last month or so. But both of these guys have kind of grown over the course of the season. Defenses look better at times for Wiggins or for Towns. Offenses look better for one or the other at times. But I think as we head into the playoffs, this is probably the best both of these guys have been looking in the same system. And now you add Butler into that. I think that these guys will will pair nicely with Butler. You had the the complaint from Wiggins earlier in the or a couple of weeks ago about how he didn't like to be the third option. I think there's a way to to feed him the ball enough time to side against the Clippers. He was taking a number of three point shots. There's a way to feed him where he's happy and where this whole offense kind of hums, and you see the, them working at peak performance. I'm glad you brought up that uh, that Wiggins remark uh, because uh, I know um, there was a, quite a, a swell on Twitter uh, once uh, it was uh, rumored that he was uh, unhappy with his role uh, on the team. And uh, Tom Thibodeau, I think, had a pretty good response to that. Uh, Wiggins is the guy that takes the most shots on the team. So uh, he certainly is getting his volume of shots. And uh, I don't know if maybe he uh, he got kind of frustrated with uh, with hearing about that, but... Uh, he has been uh, very integral to this Wolves team, and uh, obviously if he can keep playing at this level, uh, that uh, max deal certainly looking like it was a, a good one for the Wolves. Absolutely, and I, I'm still of the mindset where I think that in the situation and the time that they gave him that max contract, that was what you had to do, and you can look back and say that it was a bad deal, that they paid him too much, much money at the over the summer but at the time that they did it that was really the only move to make as far as his shooting i'm fine with wiggins taking a lot of shots i think he's one of those guys where he's a great shooter he's just got to take he's got to have a couple misses got to get a couple shots under his belt just to start warming up it's the, the kind of shots he takes i really want him to see more shots from outside the perimeter from range so the other night against the clippers that was the kind of game i like to see from wiggins because he's taking more shots from the perimeter and that's really opening up the offense for towns and taj gibson down low if he's driving to the basket with teague where towns and gibson already are kind of sitting waiting for post-ups and things like that that's just going to condense the offense and going to make them easier to defend so really for wiggins it's not the number of shots he's taking it's where he's taking them on the court for me Colton, looking at what's coming up next for the Timberwolves, they will be taking on the Knicks in New York tomorrow night, and then Saturday they play the Philadelphia 76ers on the road. And uh, Philadelphia certainly in the thick of the uh, playoff race in the Eastern Conference. The Knicks, however, are not, but you can't just pencil this game in as a win for the Wolves because of their struggles earlier in the season, losing on the road to Atlanta. Uh, they, they just seem like they struggle on the road, and especially against Eastern Conference teams. 
is there anything in particular that leads to them uh, having so much trouble away from target center? There is kind of the narrative around this team, and this started with Wiggins last year where you saw him not necessarily giving the effort that you'd like to see from what you hope is a star on this team when the games are low profile. When you're playing the Grizzlies on that Tuesday night away from home and it's kind of a grind, not really the the effort that you see him giving in a primetime game against like the Cavaliers or something like that where he would drop 40 points in those situations. And over the course of the season, that's been a little bit of the mantra maybe in the background of this team is that when it's not a spotlight game and they're on the road away from the fans and it's, it's the middle of the week, something like that, against a, a poor team. They play down to their competition. Their effort level you see diminish a little bit. And so that's how you have losses like they had against Phoenix, against the Magic, against the Atlanta Hawks. And these aren't great losses, but at the same time, I really feel like this team is locked in. We're seeing a different kind of Carl Anthony Towns, uh, a Towns that is really owning more possessions every single game both on both ends of the floor and he's playing more like a superstar he's going to get this team locked in and i anticipate a a double digit point lead over the the knicks when that buzzer hits zeros okay i i like it it'd be nice for them to uh to be able to take care of business and then uh turn their attention to watching how the rest of the western conference unfolds which has been a little bit frustrating over the past couple of weeks because it seems like Every time the Wolves win a game, everyone else in the Western Conference playoff standings wins a game, too. And it's just it's mind boggling. But uh, that was kind of what we thought was going to be the case going into the year with uh, a lot of the uh, strongest teams in the NBA all coming in the Western Conference. Yeah, it's going to be a down to the wire race. I've I've been on the edge of my seat for the entire month of March. It's it's been a lot of fun. It's a little stressful maybe as somebody who covers the Wolves every single day, especially when they had that five game or five day resting period and they dropped three spots in the playoff standings even though they weren't playing at all. <laughs> but it's been it's been fun. It's been a wild ride. Uh, if you look past the 76ers game, you have at home against the Grizzlies for the Timberwolves against the Hawks and then on the road against the Mavericks. So three games they really should be able to beat the brakes off of all those teams. They've got a tough game against uh, the Jazz and against the Nuggets. One of those is on the ro- are on the road against the Nuggets, and then they have Lakers and Grizzlies again. So a lot of opponents that are, are playing to lose here in the final 10 games of the season – if they can even win eight of these games, I think they should be fine. I, like I said, they have the tiebreaker against the Clippers. Uh, the Denver Nuggets they are a couple games up on, and they're up one game on the Jazz as we speak right now. So if they can just win mo- the majority of this last 10-game stretch, they should be fine, and their opponents are playing to lose right now as well. Colton, as we look at the Western Conference standings, you've got Houston and Golden State already locked in as the one uh, and the two, depending on how things play out. It looks likely, though, that Golden State is going to be just hoping to get to full strength by the end of the regular season. And looking at potential matchups for the uh, the opening round of the playoffs, at this point, uh, the Wolves would be slated to play Golden State, and uh, Golden State will be... Uh, if they get to full strength, just a nightmare matchup for anybody. Uh, how important is it for the Wolves to get to that third or that sixth seed so that they would likely then play Portland in the first round? I would say it's crucial just because as, as good as it is to get to the playoffs, 
And uh, they, I saw this stat actually. I believe it's the first 40 win season they've had without Kevin Garnett. And so these stats are huge. These mile marks that they're hitting are really big for the organization. That said, you don't want to get to the playoffs and get swept. And I really think if they play Houston or Golden State in the first round, that's a sweep. And so if they can somehow maybe clean the slate of games to finish out the season, win 10 straight here, they can really have a shot at that sixth spot. If you can just bump out San Antonio and get that sixth spot, I think that would be crucial for the Timberwolves. And I think that makes for a great series. Portland versus the Timberwolves, I think that's a great series. And I think there's a lot of different ways that the the Timberwolves can pull out some games. And I think that one goes down to the wire in seven games. Yeah, I I think that would be a fantastic first-round matchup. Uh, if the Wolves somehow are able to uh, to leapfrog New Orleans as well, then you've got likely Oklahoma City, uh, which would also be a great matchup. But uh, it, it's hard to project at this point because the standings change so much. And it seems like uh, we could have one of those teams in the top eight fall out of it. Uh, and San Antonio today, uh, from all accounts, had uh, a players-only meeting with Kawhi Leonard trying to get him to make up his mind as to whether or not he wants to come back and play this year. Uh, and, and that situation just seems like it's starting to spiral out of control. And I was actually talking uh, with uh, some guys on the show last week, a couple different people on the show. Uh, one of them was Jeff Garcia, the host of the Locked on Spurs podcast. And it, we were just saying how it's really interesting. Not only is this race so tight in the Western Conference, but two of these teams could totally change. Then that's the, the Spurs and the Timberwolves. Two of these teams are going to totally change in the playoffs if their stars come back and Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard. And so not only are you seeing a really tight playoff race, but these aren't even the all the teams that are going to be in there once the playoffs start. They're going to be different rosters once the, the playoffs get going. Colton, a couple more to uh, kind of wrap things up here for today. Uh, the MVP race uh, continues to uh, put in some great performances uh, I'm of the mind as a fan of the Houston Rockets as well that uh, James Harden has had it wrapped up for quite some time and his performance against Portland uh, certainly cemented it uh, in my mind. But you've got guys like Anthony Davis who uh, is doing his best to try to um, narrow the gap and then LeBron James who seems to turn back the clock on a nightly basis uh, and do something we haven't seen before. Uh, if you had to go one way or the other, uh, for MVP, who would be your vote today? Boy, I talk about great storylines, too. The MVP race is almost as narrative-driven as it is stats-driven. So you have James Harden coming back to try and win the MVP after a lot of people think he was snubbed against Westbrook. You have LeBron James leading basically two or three different Cavaliers teams uh, to wins and to into the playoffs. You have Anthony Davis, Boogie goes down, and he's driving New Orleans in the playoffs. Let me throw this name at you. Uh, I know he went down with an injury uh, to his knee, but Kyrie Irving has taken the Boston Celtics to a whole other level of play after only playing with Gordon Hayward for six minutes at the beginning of the season. Can we get some recognition for Kyrie Irving as a dark horse MVP candidate? Yeah, we, we absolutely can. Uh, I, I'm a fan of the Celtics, too, uh, ever since Kevin Garnett went uh, that way. So Kyrie certainly gets a, a vote uh, in my book. Uh, and I keep saying fans of all these teams, it's hard not to be a fan of the NBA in general. Uh, just for all of the uh, the competitive games we get on a nightly basis. So uh, it's going to be a fantastic race. 
uh, to see how things turn out here uh, as we get towards the end of the season. I did want to. Well, there you go. There was the segment that I did on the scoop. Make sure to go check out that show on the KLGR station. And make sure to continue to tune in to the Locked On Timberwolves podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.